0: This is the Mutual Audio Drama Network. The following audio drama is rated PG 13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult.
1: receiver, voices as close as a heartbeat, as near as your neighbor, as distant as the grave. There's something unsavory and satisfying as you listen to the unintended, as you pick up the messages of the mundane, as easily as the sins of the soul, voyeurs of the wire in a wired world. Hold your breath and listen once more, as you cross the deadline. crystallizingly close. Paul Banyan lives in a world where he stands on a line between both dualities. But as he's about to learn, someone is watching him from the other side. On a line across the equatorial paradox.
2: Down to forensics right away. Tommy, what you got?
3: Nobody else in the house. Wife's gone away on business.
2: Well, oh, that's convenient.
3: Not really. She's an artisan. She's out of town a lot.
2: Artisan, huh?
3: Yeah, a carpenter or something. Who's the girl? Her name's Eliza Bathory.
2: Nice get up. Where does a girl get a medieval leather bikini top nowadays, anyway?
3: Well, there's this place down on.
2: That was rhetorical. Of course. Why does that name ring a bell?
3: Who? Her?
2: Bathory. Bathory. You know who would know.
3: I thought you said it was his night off.
2: He won't mind.
3: So, you get one night off in two months, and you bring us here.
0: I didn't think you'd mind.
3: How many times have we eaten here?
0: I think of it as our place.
3: (laughs) Isn't it run by the minister of your church?
0: Sunday school leader. You know, if you came once in a while, you'd get to know the people there.
3: Still trying to save my soul.
0: Can't fault a guy for eternal devotion.
3: I can't at that. But it's you I love, Mr. Paul Banyan, not your religion.
0: What have you got against religion? Nothing. Then?
3: I don't have anything against politics either, but I don't want to be a politician.
0: How about dating a politician?
3: That's fine, as long as we have other things to talk about.
0: You got me there. How was work?
3: Dollars, dishwater. That's why I couldn't wait to rush out and come to our diner.
0: (laughs) Scamp. Are you telling me that the DMV is boring?
3: Well, it's not all protecting the world from dangerous felons. It's a living. As long as you come back to me. It's hard enough seeing you when you work nights, but what's it been?
0: Almost two years now.
3: Almost two years. Don't you think we should open up the one can of worms you constantly avoid?
0: We've talked about this.
3: You promised that at two years you consider it. Lots of couples are doing it. You know, this isn't the 1950s, and... and what are you looking at? Who? Nothing. Yeah, he's here. You were looking for your phone. One sec.
0: Mariah, I, I promised I'd leave my cell at home tonight, and I did.
3: Paul, it's for you.
0: That doesn't mean Joan wouldn't track me down anyway.
3: Paul Banion, I swear. It'll just
0: take a second, hon. I'll give Joan a piece of my mind, Kendra. You better. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Thanks, Martha.
3: Don't
2: be too long, Paul. Not again.
0: I know. Paul Banion.
2: It's Joan. How's the dinner going?
0: It was going fine. What's going on?
2: Oh, nothing. Just checking in. You ever hear the name Bathory?
0: Bathory. As in Elizabeth Bathory? She's known in history as the Countess of Blood.
2: Do tell. Thanks for the info. I'll let you get back to Mariah.
0: Why do you ask?
2: Oh, it's nothing. You've got a woman waiting for you, Paul. A woman that you're still not ready to move in with.
0: Ouch. Don't remind me.
2: You love her, don't you?
0: That's really none of your business.
2: And take the plunge, partner.
0: Why does every woman I know want me to live in sin? Even my mother told me to move in.
2: We're all starting to think you have gold feet.
0: Used to be romantic, you know, maintain the mystery. The mystery of if you're gay. Okay, that's about enough abuse from you tonight. Why the questions about a 17th century murderess?
2: We've got a councilman found dead after an apparent satanic feast in his home, wearing priest's robes, and Miss Eliza is our only witness.
0: I'll be at the precinct in 30 minutes.
2: Thought so.
0: <sighs> okay. You don't. There's been a murder, Mariah.
3: That was Tarrant.
0: Joan had a question for me.
3: She asked Did you to come in? No,
0: she wouldn't do that. She knows how important tonight is.
3: At least someone does.
0: Honey, I'm sorry.
3: You know the age of King Arthur and the White Knight ended a couple thousand years ago? Can't you let someone else serve and protect?
0: Not tonight. This is what I do.
3: Of course, you have to put on your armor again. There's dragons to fight.
0: And damsels to save.
3: This damsel is going back to her bed to play Sleeping Beauty.
0: I can give you a ride home.
3: I brought my own car, remember? Okay. I could have married Fred Haskell. I know. Furniture magnet of the Midwest. I know. Go. Go protect the weak.
0: And the downtrodden masses. I'll call you.
3: I love you, Paul.
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> Hi, Joan.
2: Not in front of the company. This is Eliza Bathory. You got us a room? Two D's all set.
0: Please follow me, Ms. Bathory.
4: That's Miss, if you please, sir.
0: Of course. Name, please. Excuse me. What is your name, please?
4: Thank you. Being from Britain, I cannot abide improper sentence structure.
2: I think that was a joke. Don't you think that was a joke?
0: Please, Detective Tarrant. My name is Paul Banyan.
2: Just like that Los Angeles
4: private eye, except his name was...
0: Miles Banyan. That's right. This is Detective Officer Joan Tarrant. We're both from Homicide. Naturally. And your name is?
4: Eliza Bathory.
0: That's a rather unusual name.
4: I'm not your everyday girl.
0: What is that you're wearing?
4: A costume.
0: Could you be a little more specific?
4: I wasn't aware that my clothing selection was the subject of a homicide investigation, Mr. Banyan. If you're looking for someone murdering fashions, I suggest you turn on a music video.
0: How long did you know Mr. Brimner?
2: Approximately two years. And what's the nature of your relationship? Professional. Could you be more specific about that? Not particularly. I'm afraid we'll have to insist. Don't hurt me, please.
0: No one's going to hurt you, miss.
2: You'll protect me, detective? Oh, he'll protect you.
0: Let me handle this.
2: She's playing you.
0: No, she's playing you, and you're letting her.
2: Fine. I'll be watching.
0: I wouldn't have it any other way. Would you like something to drink?
4: Coffee would be nice.
0: <laughs> uh, trust me, you don't want the coffee they make here.
4: <laughs> Thank you.
0: Okay, so you don't like the good cop, bad cop routine?
4: It's not that. It's just after you've been both, it becomes an old script.
0: You've been both?
4: Professionally. I'm a roleplay artist.
0: What's that mean, exactly?
4: i fulfil dreams. Sexually? I'm not a prostitute detective.
0: No, you're a dominatrix.
4: When I'm asked to be.
0: And you don't perform sexual acts for your clients?
4: Do you have fantasies, detective? Doesn't everyone? Some people can afford to have an active fantasy life. Some people like to dress up in a diaper. Does that shock you? Some people like to be adorned in latex. Others want to be spanked. Some have a need to be the white knight.
0: What was Mr. Brimner's need?
4: Ted was a fan of medieval roleplay. Slave girls. I used to call him Lord of the Ring. Of course, I'd stick a particular vulgar anatomy depiction before the word ring. I see. He liked it.
0: And you say your relationship was not sexual?
4: No. What I said was, I don't have sex with my clients. Ever.
0: Are you jealous? As a person? Yes. No. What about his wife?
4: I don't think she's jealous. She introduced us. Are we done? Not quite. I'm a very good judge of character, detective. I have to be for my job. Really? I ran your partner out of the room because she's more interested in dominating a witness than listening to her story. Detective Tarrant wants an arrest... And from the look of her conservative blouse, I'd say that she never liked the councilman in the first place, and would love nothing more than to report what had happened in his last hours to the tabloids.
0: And that would be bad for you.
4: I'm not interested in publicity, detective. Neither are my clients. While I'm sure the titillation factor could net me three times my current patronage, I don't need that. I choose my own clients, and I screen them carefully.
0: I see. Did you kill Mr. Brimner?
4: You're a very different, detective. You wear your white shirts with extra starch. You have an undershirt beneath, and your tie, although colourful, doesn't cry political allegiance to anyone. No? Anyone but God. You wear a promise ring on your left hand. A very special promise ring, heralding your virginity to all who know its significance. Is that so? It is. Your haircut is textbook evangelical. You shave twice a day in a ritual as ingrained as your prayers. Your church is your refuge from what you do. And you play the guitar. Do I? Your fingernails on your right hand are longer than those of the left. From your rather romanticised view of justice, you play old music. Possibly medieval in nature.
0: It's a lute.
4: I never claim to be perfect.
0: Tonight, Eliza. What happened tonight?
4: <sighs> While Ted's wife was away, he wanted to complete a ritual. Today is the 28th and he wanted to partake in something called the Feast of the Beast. It was to celebrate his impending victory.
0: Victory? Over what? I don't know. Did you prepare the foods?
4: I don't cook. Who did? Probably himself. His wife has been out of town for three days.
0: How can you be sure of that?
4: I told you, she introduced us.
0: Right. Please go on.
4: Ted called me, booked an appointment for me to serve him his meal. Not in just this, I did have a trench coat.
0: I'm sorry. It's been processed for evidence.
4: So I'm to be arrested.
0: Please, continue. I didn't mean to interrupt.
4: The ritual was going well. Ted uncorked a bottle of fine wine.
0: Were you drunk?
4: I make it a rule not to get intoxicated with clients. I had only the one goblet.
0: How many goblets of wine did Mr. Brimner drink?
4: Three. Maybe four. He was certainly a follower of Bacchus.
0: And when did he collapse?
4: About 8.30. he looked like he had trouble breathing. His face was very flush. I tried CPR on him.
0: Did you call an ambulance?
4: Yes, but it was too late. I stopped resuscitation after ten minutes. It was just too late. The police came shortly after that.
0: It's been a long night, Miss Bathory. You should get home.
4: I left my car back at...
0: I'll call you a cab.
4: Very chivalrous of you. Here. I couldn't.
0: Go ahead. I'll have some follow-up questions for you tomorrow. It's too cold to go out without a coat. Let's get you that coffee. You don't think she did it? Nope. Still, I think she's hiding something.
2: I didn't think that another woman would turn your head.
0: I'm only interested in catching a murderer, Joan.
2: So am I.
0: Let's get her that cat. Were you waiting long?
4: No, Detective.
0: Paul Banyan, please.
4: All right, Mr. Banyan. Delightfully Americana, this diner.
0: Yes. Uh, ode to James Dean.
4: Simpler times, perhaps?
0: I have to tell you. Miss Bathory, that we discovered your real name.
4: And what is it, Mr. Banyan?
0: Eliza Borden. (laughs) Apparently you've had several aliases.
4: I told you, I'm not your average girl.
3: Paul? Mariah. Yes, I was just getting coffee for the office. Tuesday
0: coffee run, of course. And you are? I'm sorry, Mariah, this is... Elizabeth.
3: Paul's told me so much about you. Oh, of course. You're from his
4: The church. Paul was considering a Bible study group. Can we count on you? Oh.
3: I'm I'm sorry. I'm afraid I wouldn't be able to.
4: Then Joshua said to the sons of Israel, Come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. Well. Good luck!
0: I'll see you later.
4: May the Lord bless and keep you.
0: That was... rather disturbing.
4: One knows nothing of sin if one doesn't read the Bible.
0: Thank you for not making that awkward. It's
4: what I do. Not that I'm considering you as a client, Mr. Banyan.
0: You said you knew Mr. Brimner's wife?
4: Angeline, yes. Is she a client? Yes.
0: Why did you hesitate?
4: Privacy, Mr. Banyan. I don't speak of my clients easily.
0: Where did you meet Angeline Brimner?
4: We travel the same circles.
0: I thought she was a carpenter.
4: Not exactly. Coffee ball? Yes, please. More for you, miss? Thank you so much. You're welcome. She's a wood artisan. She customizes pieces for her clients.
0: How was her relationship with Mr. Brimner?
4: Like any wedded couple. I honestly had no access to that aspect of their lives.
0: What did Angeline engage you in, exactly? Modeling. Modeling?
4: That's right. Some of her pieces required ornate carvings of the female form.
0: Did Mr. Brimner have any enemies that you knew of?
4: He was a politician. And trying to be the head of the Bacchus rejoiners in the city.
0: This was the celebration you were talking about, wasn't it?
4: I don't know. For sure.
0: But you think that's the case. Who else wanted to lead this particular cult?
4: I don't belong. I only know who the current
0: leader is. And? Excuse me, please. Banyan. Okay. Okay. She's here with me right now. We'll be there shortly. We're going back to the Brimner house. Why? Mrs. Brimner's home, and I want you there.
4: What if I don't want to go?
0: I highly recommend working with me on this. I don't personally believe that you're responsible. Other people on the force are different.
4: I should see Angeline anyway.
0: Who were you about to say was the current head of the Bacchus Rejoiners?
4: Angeline Brimner.
2: Angeline? Eliza! I'm so sorry. What happened? That's what we're trying to ascertain, Mrs. Brimner.
0: Have you got Mrs. Brimner's statement, Joan?
2: It's all here. Miss Bathory, you have the right to remain silent. What are you doing, Joan? Mrs. Brimner has confirmed an illicit affair between her husband and Miss Bathory. I'm sorry, Eliza. When Ted broke it off, I, I never thought that...
0: Put away the cuffs, Joan.
2: Don't get in the way, partner. She may have you convinced.
0: Detective... I want who's responsible too. I'll vouch for Miss Bathory.
2: Don't do this, Paul. It's not worth your badge. There's
0: more to this than we're seeing. What did the autopsy come up with?
2: They can't tell for certain.
0: So it could have been natural.
2: Unlikely. He had low electrolytes. Poison? Tested the food and the wine. Nothing conclusive. Nothing we could isolate. Wait a minute. Put your hands behind your back, Miss Bathory. Wait a minute, please. Did you test the dishes? What? The
4: dishes from the table. What about the goblets? Goblets? The goblets we drank from. Just the two. So these three, on the shelf? Weren't touched. And Angeline wasn't here without an escort? We met her at the airport. Mr. Banyan, please see that those goblets are collected. You'll note that they're darker wood than mahogany. And? Mrs. Brimner made her own dishes for the Feast of the Beast. Some of her wood... Eliza! Some would cause symptoms such as a slight giddiness or euphoria before neuromuscular seizure, and even death. Liar! You'll note that some woods from Africa have highly toxic latex. Nothing that would be dangerous after a few days, but if they weren't sealed immediately, they could leach into the wine.
0: You'll have to come with us, Mrs. Brimner. You
3: can't be serious!
0: Joan, call Toxicology and let them know we may be dealing with an exotic form of latex. Mrs. Brimner, you have the right to remain silent you're free to go Eliza
4: music to my ears Mr. Banyan
0: how did you know know what that Mrs. Brimner had murdered her husband
4: Logically, he had all the symptoms of someone who was poisoned. Terrance said that his electrolytes were low. Showed it could have been from a group of plants similar to poinsettias. And since Ted made his own food, it couldn't have been him. And I didn't touch it. So it had to be someone else. Someone who knew what he'd be using. Someone who had the ability to taint the goblets themselves. And that could only be Angeline. When she tried to implicate me in an affair with Ted... I knew she was hiding something.
0: You know a lot about poisonous plants.
4: (laughs) I know a lot about a lot of things. I told you, I'm not your average girl.
0: No. You are You were a big help on this, Eliza.
4: If you hadn't noticed, my life was on the line just then. Maybe I'm just role-playing everyone's part. Are you? All the world's a stage, Mr. Banyan.
1: times when we're adrift on a sea of our own routines, listless without a rudder or an oar, we're at the mercy of the tides of our own habits and terrors. One might look at Eliza and think that she is the mistress of fear, wielding it like a weapon before her, and yet there's more beneath the waves of those blue eyes. Are you still there? Are you still listening, or is this a deadline? You've just listened to Goth Girl with performances by Antonia Manette, Matt Gale, Aldea Malhearn, Sheila Newell, Shannon Hilchey, and Jake Willett. Goth Girl was written by Jack J. Ward and directed and produced by Jack J. Ward and Shannon Hilchey. Sound effects and digital landscape by Andrew Dorfman and Shannon Hilchey. Executive post-production by Andrew Dorfman. Theme and incidental music written and composed by Sharon B. This deadline was recorded at the Sonic Temple in Halifax, Nova Scotia, in association with the Center for Arts and Technology, the Deadline Anthology is a Sonic Cinema production.
3: Welcome to another bizarre episode brought to you in amazing 3D! 3D. Hello, faithful listeners. I am Victor, your humble host. Welcome to Schlock Audio Theatre, where cinema is a cheesy delight, filled to the brim with juicy leaps of logic, where the bottom of the barrel is top shelf, where bad is better, cheap is chic, plots are pointless, and a good time is had by all. <laughs> now, adjust those audio goggles and hang on because Schluck Audio Theater is on the air! Bigor!
0: Hi, Rich with the Texas Radio Theater Podcast. Look for us on iTunes and wherever you get your audio feeds. Over the next few episodes of Season 8, we are revisiting and reposting the Schlock Audio Theater titles produced by the Columbia Radio Theater over a dozen years ago. And we're inviting their co-creator, Charles Pratt, to comment on them and on Schlock Audio in general. So lots of great stuff that has somehow avoided the internet for years, but we found them and we're bringing them back to you. So adjust your audio goggles and prepare to watch more Schlock Audio on the Texas Radio Theater Podcast.
1: From around the world, this is the Mutual Audio Network.